We are Victim of Illusion, you are listening to the tall, friendly, Atheist Dead podcast. And the next 30 seconds are brought to you by our album Invisible Light, available at our Bandcamp website. About a month and a half ago, 60 Minutes made this report called Hillsong Hell. Disturbing accusations expose the celebrity-favoured church. So that was released uh, September 19th. And I wanted to go through some points they made because some of it does relate to what I hate about modern Christianity and about the politics of religion. So I'm going to play the video, stop at various segments and just add some thoughts as I go along. So this is Hillsong Hell from 60 Minutes produced by Thea DeKaos and Sammy Taylor. Turbulent times for the celebrity church Hillsong. It's been revealed this weekend. High profile leader Brian Houston, who founded the hugely successful organisation, has now stepped down from its multiple boards. He faces court next month, accused of concealing child sexual abuse. Now, the first thing there is, okay, so Brian Houston has stepped down from multiple boards. Now, that says to me that he's become like the celebrity CEO of the Christian world. He's turned the church basically into a business or into a corporate structure, which I suppose if anyone knows Hillsong really well, uh, they have a lot of corporate experts in their realm, uh, especially the higher-ups. From my understanding, the... One of the people behind Gloria Jean's coffee is also part of uh, is also part of Hillsong. Well, I couldn't imagine a church becoming this big corporate entity. So instead of merely stepping down as a pastor, or oh, I'm stepping down from this board and that board and that board and that board, uh, yeah, to me it just makes Brian Houston out to be the celebrity CEO rather than a. Yeah, kind, caring pastor out there helping the hurting. A charge he denies. Tonight, though, we reveal more damaging accusations about the church to brave women who say they were violated by other Hillsong members. Now, the other thing I forgot to quickly discuss was the fact that Brian Houston does deny the charges and he is more than welcome to. The charges stem from the Australian Government Royal Commission into Child Sexual Abuse that found that Brian's father, Frank, had uh, abused children 
And so what happened was that Brian was, so at the time, Brian Houston was the head of uh, the Assemblies of God, which renamed themselves to Australian Christian Churches. And Brian Houston was personally in charge of reprimanding his father, both personally and in a professional capacity, which, uh, yeah, <laughs> anyone who knows anything about corporate structures knows that this raises so many alarm bells. Anyway, let's see. Let's see the report. But what makes these attacks even more disturbing is the megachurch's response and indifference to the victim's suffering so heartless it would surely make Jesus weep. Hillsong comes from pretty humble, some might say hokey beginnings. While many other churches date back thousands of years, Hillsong was only founded in the northwestern suburbs of Sydney 38 years ago. Okay, so this part of the video where the people are going from side to side and yeah, acting happy, clappy and all that, that reminds me a lot of the fundamentalist churches that I was in as a late teenager in my, in my early 20s. So the first thing I know is, is the musical proficiency. You know, the, the musicians they have on hand, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're decent, I'll, I'll give them that much. Um, uh, also, this kind of air of excitement that they try to generate but you know, the whole thing about you know moving about and it's supposed to like g you up and make you feel excited and the north the northwestern part of Sydney is home to a lot of the different Christian organisations, particularly in the Pentecostal kind of a Pentecostal kind of realm. I remember once I went to a conference held by my fundamentalist church and we had that conference in the northwestern parts of Sydney. So specifically, I think it was Currajong, which is like not too far from where Hillsong started. But since then, it's been a miraculous, meteoric rise for this Pentecostal movement. Spreading to 23 countries across the world, even filling the iconic Madison Square Garden in New York. You can't fault Hillsong for production value. <laughs> These guys really know how to get the lighting, get the sound, get the yeah, get the production right. And this is one thing that um, I've always said that Hillsong are excellent songwriters. They're excellent producers. As an atheist, I think it's kind of strange that they've managed to get 20 something years out of writing <laughs> out of writing songs about the one subject but they give them give them credit give them credit but all that glitters ain't gold with a wave of scandals hitting the organization both in Australia Founder of Hillsong Church, Brian Houston, has this afternoon been charged for allegedly concealing child sex offences. And abroad. The affair that brought down Hillsong Church celebrity pastor Carl Lynn. When you give somebody so much power, they become God to people. Now, I will say one of the early scandals that hit uh, Hillsong was, what was his name? Jeff Bullock. So the guy who co-wrote, 
Hi, the Great Southland, the Great Southland of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, I remember that one. Yeah, I believe. I just want to praise the Lord. I worship you in the name of the Lord. Yep, I surrender. I will never be. I remember that one. Just let me say, oh, yeah. Oh, God, I remember that was a... I should put that, uh, put that one in my uh, Cringy Christian Songs Part 3. But yeah, um, so back in the, I think it was either the early 2000s or late 90s, and one of the things I remember reading was that, so the way Hillsong were framing what was that we were ashamed basically that he was a part of part of our movement. That's kind of the, to me the gist. Whereas the alternate commentary I read was that Hillsong created such a high pressure, uh, high stakes corporate environment that didn't give people time to just be people. You know, there were meetings, there were committees, there were boards, there were you know all, all this stuff that you had to do for the church in order to be seen as uh, as a good and faithful servant. And I kind of noticed that in my own fundamentalist church, where um, like they were small, but on Sundays, you know, you had to help set the church up. Uh, you were part of the service in some aspect, and then and then they had. Uh, leadership training then they had word for life and then they may have also then had like a uh, um, like a leadership meeting as well uh, to go over stuff and it was just this uh, you know I suppose busy for the sake of being busy might might be the way of uh, might be the way of putting it and then the other the other scandal that comes to mind was Pat Masidi. He got caught. Um, so Pat Masidi was the, I think, the head of the youth movement in Hillsong, and he got caught. Uh, what was they called? But he, he was busted um, making use of sex workers, and so now his uh, Pat Masidi's become a right wing uh, nutbag, for one of a for one of a better word, uh, who's actually yeah being banned from Hillsong. So it's interesting that. Hillsong have this environment in which multiple people get caught or you know, end up doing the wrong thing or all this kind of stuff, and it's it comes like their response comes across it's not our fault. Like there, there seems to be no rehabilitation, there seems to be no almost no contrition, and this is something that sixty minutes might get into a bit later on. Tonight we uncover new disturbing behaviour within the Australian church. Young women violated. And he pulled down my pants and my underwear. And he raped me at church. And he grabbed me and put his hands like all around my waist, in between my legs, touching my crotch and my butt. But what's almost as bad as the abuse is Hillsong's response. In some cases, and still employing the men responsible. Well, what they have done is engage in a textbook case of defending the organization rather than caring for a victim. So Hillsong aren't unique in this kind of strategy. I suppose the first example that comes to mind is the Catholic Church. It's not simply, it's not just the Catholic Church. Like almost every church denomination that had cases of child abuse happen by their leaders by the by their trusted people have engaged in some sort of cover-up denial deflection demonization and 
Yeah, and I, do, I would have just thought that for uh, a company as corporately sensible as Hillsong portrayed themselves to be, that they would have read the room better. Um, and, and this also comes down to, now, I don't want to get too anti, anti-theological here, but the, the fact that people were sexually assaulted on church grounds and or by church people, and yet it's up to human authorities to bring the perpetrators to justice that i'm not going to say there is no god because of that but it it would seem that if there is a if there is a deity that is able to alleviate suffering and who cares about justice he seems to be very this deity seems to be very absent in these instances i don't care how you dress i don't care what type of music you play I don't even care as much about the messages you preach. If the least of those in your congregation and your community are not protected and not advocated for when they get hurt, then don't call yourself a church because Jesus was all about that. Today we're going to be taking you on a facilities tour of Hillsong College at the Hills Campus. Like every arm of Hillsong, the church's big, shiny college in suburban Sydney has a slick promotional video touting its wares. Right now, we are in Hillsong College's state-of-the-art television studio. It's become a destination not just for students from around Australia, but internationally as well. Hillsong are very much about projecting and protecting an image rather than making sure that people going through suffering and injustice are taken care of, is the way, way I put it. American Anna Crenshaw moved to Sydney to study at Hillsong College in 2016, drawn to the church's vibrant energy. Uh, how would you describe the, the Hillsong community at that time? In the beginning, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun, a lot of energy, um, just meeting new people and new friends from all around the world. Um, and in Australia, it was really cool. This is one of the things that I quite enjoyed about my time in my fundamentalist church. Uh, my fundamentalist church was founded in Thailand and they, they expanded internationally, and obviously one of the countries they expanded to was Australia. And one of the things I did enjoy was that there was a very uh, international feel, and there were like lots of new people coming through. Um, and when we had our national conferences, yeah, we, there were like, like you go every year, and it was like, it's like you go there to catch up with your friends, and yeah, like I didn't give too much of a hoot about the preaching because the preaching would go on for like you know hours you know you have like maybe like two one and a half hour sessions well so the the sessions were timed but (laughs) they always went over time it's very I don't think I've ever come across a modern fundamentalist church that knew how to stick to time but what this lady is talking about is a very common thing in in modern churches is hey you know we've got this vibrant atmosphere you'll love being with us you'll love you know we've got this energy about us man it's because of jesus yeah there was a strong social life for the young community at hillsong college but that friendly feeling was shattered in 2016 when Anna was at a gathering of several church members, including Jason Mays, a married 
Hillsong Administrator. I was sitting at a table next to my good friend and then Jason was sitting at the end of the table and through the night then he moved and sat next to me alongside of the table and that's when he put his hand on my thigh and at that point I just froze and didn't know what to do. Um, Feeling extremely then... uncomfortable, Anna decided to leave. But then Jason groped her. So he was still sitting and I was standing next to him getting ready to walk out and he grabbed me and put his hands like all around my waist in between my legs touching my crotch and my butt and he lifted up my shirt and was kissing my stomach like don't go and then I was trying to pull away from him and then I did get away and um, he was stumbling out the door trying to follow us and he was saying, I want to go with you. I want to go with you guys. Do, do you have any doubt about what he was trying to do? No, I think it's evident where he was heading and what he was thinking. Not creepy at all. Anna felt violated and didn't know what to do. Eventually, though, in 2018, she decided to tell Hillsong's leadership about the incident. But she says she didn't feel supported and claims that after three months, they still hadn't even bothered to question the alleged offender, Jason Mays. On top of that, bizarrely, Jason's wife was then appointed Anna's new church leader. Because, <laughs> of course, of course. One of the things I notice about modern, uh, modern churches is the nepotism. Friends of church leaders and relatives of church leaders are very hard to criticize. If there was a complaint against a member, you can almost bet your life that that complaint will be taken seriously and the church will come down like a ton of bricks. When there's a complaint against a leader, then it's slowly, slowly, we don't want to damage reputations. Yeah, all these kind of excuses. Oh, we haven't got time. We haven't, you know, it's not in the right spirit or like shit like that. And so hearing the fact that someone's attacker, the, the wife of that attacker was made a leader. Yeah. It's shameful, but it's also not surprising. You know, I felt like I was the one who was in trouble, not him. Yep, that is a very, uh, a very, very modern thing, a modern church thing as well, where, like, you are in trouble for maligning or impugning or accusing the man, the man of God. How dare you accuse the man of God of something that there's just lies from the devil. Um, and just saying that I'm reminded of Ravi Zacharias in the report that was carried out by his uh, at the behest of his organization after his death it found that Ravi Zacharias would uh, basically stir up demonization campaigns against anyone who was found to be disloyal and yeah I get the feeling that this is uh Yes, same kind of the same thing here. Like the the wife of Jason Mays was put as leader over this lady to keep her in check, not to support her, but to keep her, you know, 
and then feed that information back to Jason, Jason Mays, in order to help him uh, deal with the deal with the allegations. Well, deal with the the storm. Yeah, it's all like getting inside information so that uh, <laughs> you know you can cut you can cut someone off at the pass. I felt like I was doing the right thing by coming forward, but they made it into like. Uh, an issue that I was bringing up for no reason to their, in their opinion. Five months after reporting the assault to Hillsong, a despondent Anna reached out to her dad, who is himself a pastor at his own church back in Pennsylvania. When you boil it down, do you, do you think Hillsong wanted Anna to be silenced? No doubt, uh, Hillsong Church would certainly rather not have this go public. I don't have too much of a problem with uh, things not going public, but as long as the victim is restored and as long as the victim is completely taken care of, keep things quiet is because you're doing the right thing by the victim. And even then, there may be a case that things like this should be made public. Um, like I think authority authority should know, but whether it should make the media, maybe it's a bit, a bit of a hard one, but interesting ethical dilemma appalled when he learned about his daughter's assault and, more specifically, the inaction from Hillsong. Ed says it was only when he intervened that Hillsong finally handed the matter to police. Do you feel like if you hadn't have got involved that Hillsong would have just swept this under the carpet and, and never involved police? I have no doubt about that. And even once the police were involved, they didn't fully cooperate. Everything is centered on trying to keep her story quiet for five months, to try to obscure it, to try to minimize it, and to try to uh, get Anna, I think, ultimately, to drop it. Uh, that sounds what an organization more concerned with projecting and protecting an image would do, rather than, uh, again, help the... The way I'm envisioning this is that yeah, so Anna gets uh, uh, assaulted, touched, groped. It looks like the pastor was you know, trying to initiate sexual contact with her. The victim is hesitant to come forward, and I think she did the right thing by coming forward, but then the people that she trusted to help take care of her, you know, I wouldn't say threw her under the bus, but tried to keep her in a box. And then the problem is that if you let it stagnate for long enough, it then becomes stale and you can't get any value out of the accusation. Because then, hey, look, this assault happened six months ago. What are you talking about? That's uh, You're just bringing up old... You're, you're trying to slander the man of God. You're trying to slander people working for the church. You're spreading lies because you're, you're bitter and upset. <laughs> Never mind why you're bitter and upset. You're just bitter and upset because you're bitter and upset. Mm. Unfortunately, not uh, not new in the realm of Christendom or politics by by any measure. Jason Mays was eventually charged with indecent assault and pleaded guilty when the case came before the court here in Penrith. Given the Hillsong employee had now finally admitted to assaulting a young female student at the church's college, Anna Crenshaw assumed he would lose his job. She was wrong. In your mind, did you think, okay, that's it, surely Hillsong has to cut ties with him now? 
I thought so, but then I found out from LinkedIn that he was given a better job during that time. According to <laughs> that's a, oh boy, that is <sighs> face palm. To a statement from Hillsong, Jason Mays was given a second chance because despite his guilty plea, some other people did not fully corroborate Anna's version of events. They further said, one of the cornerstones of our biblical beliefs as Christians is forgiveness and redemption. It is important Jason is allowed this as well. That's interesting because yeah, I can tell you the number of uh, people burnt by churches, the number of people who were betrayed, people who were abused, people who were thrown under a bus, people who didn't get the forgiveness and redemption that Hillsong wanted to give one of their own is like horrendous. And so now it's interesting that Pat Mercedes wasn't given the chance of forgiveness and redemption. Let's say that someone gets caught taking money from Hillsong. I'd love to see if there's a, this whole thing about forgiveness and redemption. But it's amazing. You as a married person can try to have sex with a woman and end up getting promoted. Holy crap, I'm, I'm in the wrong job. However, the Crenshaws believe Jason Mays was given preferential treatment because his father is Hillsong's head of human resources. What message does that send to other people within Hillsong? I think as the father of a Hillsong College student, it says you can send your students to our college, but don't count on us to take care of them. Yep, very, very much so. It's, we will take your money, thank you very much, but if, if anything goes wrong, then you're thrown under a bus. Like at least the independent fundamental Baptist colleges in America, they will throw you out for going to another church. <laughs> what do you have to do to be thrown out of Hillsong? <laughs> it seems that having consensual sex with someone is what will get you thrown out of Hillsong. If Pat Mercedes' examples are to be are to be followed, so here we here we go. So having consensual sex with someone who's not your wife will get you thrown out of Hillsong. Attempting to have non-consensual sex. <laughs> so sorry, I shouldn't laugh. It's just the ridiculousness of the of the environment that allows this to flourish is what I'm laughing at. But having non-consensual sex will either get you up the chain or will ensure that you stay in the top job is, yeah. Or, or you get pushed into retirement with a nice pension is the, uh, in the example of Frank Houston. And I think that's a horrendous message. Is it a case of rules for some? Oh yeah. Yeah, Jason Mays is part of an elite culture where it's rules for thee, but not for me. The decision to shelter Jason Mays upset a number of people within the Hillsong community. So church leader, Brian Houston, tried to clear the air. Houston, you might remember, is close friends with Prime Minister Scott Morrison. You know, you just walk the path that God gives you. A friendship that turned controversial last year when the PM tried to take Houston with him to a dinner at the White House. But when it came to the Jason Mays scandal, it was the Hillsong leader preaching diplomacy, reassuring staff that everything had been handled appropriately. 
Very, very much so. What I would urge anyone in an environment where their only information is from inside that environment, whether it be a political party, whether it be a church, whether it be a, a social justice organization, always look for a second opinion from outside. Particularly when there's a lot of money involved and particularly where reputations are involved and again, I'm cu- I'm coming back to the Ravi Zacharias uh, issue, and also Bill Hybels, uh, Mark Driscoll, uh, any number of pastors caught doing the wrong thing, but were given cushy uh, cushy retirements, or who were still lionized by their by their followers. Sometimes you need that critical opinion to help form a better understanding of the truth. One thing I do know is we're not talking about a sexual predator here. We're talking about a young man, young married man, who did something stupid, got much drunker than he should, which is an issue we've got to keep addressing, and got himself in a bad situation. That's it. If you make it sound like that, yeah, he, he, he was just a part of it. He was having a jape. He was, oh, he did something silly. Oh, silly us. If it was just that, why didn't he apologise to the victim? And why did you put his wife in charge of the of the victim? That requires an explanation. But if you think that response was tone deaf, what Houston did next was even more outrageous. To deflect attention, he took to Twitter to share that Anna had also been abused as a child at her father's church in Pennsylvania. Great, that is. So on the screen, uh, if you hear this on the podcast and not watching the video, so I'll just go back uh, 10 seconds. So 60 Minutes have a tweet on the screen from uh, Brian Houston uh, responding to the Christian Post. And Brian Houston uh, tweets, It's a sad story. A number of things in this article are factually wrong, but abuse is never okay. My understanding is that Anna was originally abused in her father's church in Pennsylvania. That makes it sadder. Whether abuse happens in Pennsylvania or Australia, it's tragic. (laughs) God, that is... Why would you bring that... Why would you bring that up? The Hillsong leader quickly realised the error of his ways and deleted the tweet. He admitted to his mistake, <laughs> saying, I foolishly included information that was wrong for me to share. To rightfully be more respectful of privacy, I deleted my comment. I apologise for any pain I have caused. I know better and will do better. Okay, so that apology tweet came on April the 12th this year. This man has been a leader in the Hillsong movement for at least two decades deflecting to the fact that someone was abused as a child to take away from the misdoings in your own organization how stupid do you have to be to have written that and thought it was a good idea in the first place seriously the tweet while it was hurtful it did just show everyone the attitude that I had been receiving from Hillsong for the past few years. And I think that apologizing just for the tweet without any apology for what has happened and what I've been through is very shallow apology. (laughs) Exactly. 
So Brian Houston will apologise for insinuating that someone was abused as a child, though that has never actually been uh, disclosed. But even if even if it was true, it's irrelevant to the case. But again, the fact that there's no record of Jason Mays apologising, there's no record of Brian Houston apologising, Hillsong College apologising, the fact that they didn't go to the police, it took another church to force this church's hand. Oh, boy. Sadly, Anna's story is not unique. Since going public, she's been contacted by a number of other former Hillsong members who claim the church is more worried about protecting the brand than protecting its people. Damn straight. And then after he was done, he just pulled up his pants and he just left without saying a word. Hillsong has 30 churches in Australia. Not your traditional stuffy old buildings, but modern facilities like its Melbourne East campus that attract a modern young crowd. This woman, who we'll call Catherine, was one of the thousands drawn to what she thought was an energetic congregation that reflected her lifestyle. I remember uh, years ago, spent a couple of days observing direct marketing organisations, like these organisations that will go from door to door to sell you phone services or, or things like that. Their whole thing was being energetic and upbeat and ultra positive and hyper emotionalist kind of thing. And yeah, that's how these modern churches will try to attract you by being hyper positive. So the outside is nice and shiny, but the inside is, is a pitfall of snakes. I'd imagine early days, it was called quite enjoyable. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. I was making some great friends and I was having the time of my life being a youth leader. And I, I love God, I'm a Christian, I love the church. And so to be able to help out like that was, was super fun at the beginning. But one night in 2018, when Catherine was a volunteer at Hillsong, she stayed back late with the male worshipper to help pack up after a Bible study class. What happened next has left her traumatised ever since. She claims she was raped by a fellow Hillsong member. And he closed the door and he turned off the lights. And I said, what are you doing? Are you okay? And then he, um, he grabbed my hair. He just pushed me onto um, this office chair. And I said, what are you doing? Like, stop, no, like, this isn't happening. Because in that moment I knew, I knew what was gonna happen. And he pulled down my pants and my underwear. And he raped me in our events office at, at church. Sorry. A church must be the last place you would expect something like this to happen. I, I had no reason to think that I wasn't going to be safe. It was really, 
violent. It was just completely filled with like anger and, and, and rage and like just hatred. It was just the scariest thing I've ever experienced in my whole life because he was so much bigger than me. And then after he was done, he just pulled up his pants and he just left without saying a word. I felt really ashamed. I felt really guilty. You know, I was a virgin and that was the only sexual experience that I had ever had and it was, it was non-consensual. And I just wanted to pretend it didn't happen. Catherine spent several weeks trying to forget the attack, but eventually the emotional torment was just too much. So she says she reported the incident to a youth pastor. I can, I can hear the pain in her voice and yeah, it's, yeah, that's pretty, pretty horrifying. But I can now only imagine what the response from the Hillsong organization would be. Now, I haven't watched this far into the episode, so let's see how long it took them to go to the police. This is a very serious incident that you're telling them about. What was their response? He wouldn't let me speak. I walked into there and I said, something really bad has happened. I am visibly upset. I'm shaking. I can't breathe. I'm crying. I'm hysterical in front of this man. And I'm like, he grabbed me. He hurt me. He did it. He touched me. And I was just going on and on. And every time I would say a word, he would say, that's not for my ears to hear. That's not for my ears to hear. You go sort that out with him. That's not for my ears to hear. Catherine says that Hillsong leader made her feel like she was the problem, telling her she needed to focus on repairing relationships. She was so upset by that lack of support that in 2019, she decided to leave the church. Good idea, good idea. But did they go to the police? Let's see what happens. When the institution, I don't care whether it's Hillsong or any other church, when their first response seems to be more focused on protecting the institution than the vulnerable wounded person. That is a problem, not just for any institution, but for an institution that claims to follow Jesus. Correct. This is, if Jesus is all about helping the brokenhearted and compassion for the least of these, you know, if you treat the least of these, you're doing the same thing to me, that, that kind of, uh, that kind of stuff. Boz Javidian is the grandson of famed American evangelist, Billy Graham. Christ belongs to all people. Boz now works as an attorney for survivors of sexual abuse. He advised Anna Crenshaw in her case against Hillsong after the young American student was indecently assaulted in Sydney by a Hillsong staff member. Boz says he sees a pattern of behaviour in the way the Australian-based church goes about its business, trying to either silence or intimidate those who speak out about suffering within the organisation. Now, I follow Boz Tavichian on, on Twitter and some of the stuff that he posts, it like I recently made a comment on one of his posts that yeah, as an atheist, why is a law firm holding God's people to account? And yeah, that seemed to get a little bit, a little bit of a response. But yeah, we, we need more Boz's in the world to hold not, not just the church, but authority to account. 
In Anna's matter, Hillsong eventually commissioned a law firm to carry out what was supposed to be an independent investigation. But Oz claims it was more of a PR exercise designed to protect Hillsong's reputation. Specifically, he alleges that law firm was less about independence and more about intimidation. Why am I not surprised? Just because you call something independent doesn't make it so. True. A law firm that's allegedly conducting this investigation, underneath their signature line, it is, it states, the most feared law firm in the world. That's how this law firm, who's supposedly going to engage in an independent and an objective investigation into Anna's claims, you tell me what, what sexual abuse survivor is going to feel comfortable participating in a process that's led by an organization that defines itself in that way. Given what you've seen in Anna's case, would you feel comfortable sending your children to, to study with Hillsong in Australia? Hell no. No. Absolutely not. Anna Crenshaw, when she moved to Australia as a young person, was no doubt a vulnerable person. And she wasn't protected, and she certainly wasn't cared for. When Catherine heard about Anna's story, she mustered up the courage to share her own experiences on social media. And with those claims now being aired publicly for the first time, all of a sudden, Hillsong's leaders cared a lot more. Now, we still haven't heard anything about going to the police. So, <laughs> still... <laughs> oh boy. What she had to say. And after I posted that, I got contacted by Hillsong asking if I would sit down with them and have a chat about whatever it is that happened to me. Whatever it is that happened to me. It's, it's so blasé. The impression I get from hearing that is that Hillsong didn't really care about your story until you started speaking publicly about it and then they wanted to get on top of it. That is exactly what happened. They do not care at all about the fact that I was assaulted. They just care about who I'm gonna tell or what I'm gonna do about it and how that will affect them. Yep, that sounds very much like the, the corporate, the political corporate veneer that Hillsong pushes. So almost three years after Catherine first told a Hillsong pastor and was shut down, she was finally heard. At last, Hillsong reported the alleged rape to police. Okay, so three years it took them. <laughs> three, three years. I want my abuser to never, ever, ever have the chance to be able to do that to another person again. And I also want Hillsong and the pastor that I told to be held accountable for not doing anything about my abuse after being told that I was abused and I want to make sure that they can never ever ever hide anyone else's abuse. I'm with you there Catherine, I'm so with you there. Now this is one reason why I think the law should be modified in such a way that pastors and religious leaders should have not only a reporting obligation but also abuse training and mental health training so that when these kind of things happen, that they're fully aware of their legal responsibilities, they're fully aware of what they need to do and aware of the most appropriate way to help the victims. Unfortunately, 
it seems to be a leader in 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 a modern church you just have to suck up to the pastor and be seen as a good little lapdog for long enough to gain the trust of someone and then you'll be promoted to a position of power of course in in a, in a church in my fundy church uh, people were promoted by god basically yeah, the, the the senior pastors prayed, and whoever they felt God leading to like to promote was who they promoted. And it's just amazing that the people who they promoted were people who they liked. What a surprise! And yeah, so to me, it just seems more in these kind of churches, the people who get authority are the people who the the existing authorities already like, regardless of their people skills, I should say. There are growing concerns about Hillsong's culture, not just at its churches in Australia, but overseas too, particularly in the United States, where the organisation's at times celebrity-obsessed mindset has upset many members. Justin, this is your second time at Hillsong Conference? Yes. And what's different this time about being here? Um, I just think my faith grows every day. Um, so my faith is stronger than two years ago, better, stronger, wiser, kinder. Hey guys, welcome back. We're here at Hillsong. Hillsong Church is no stranger to celebrity members and perhaps none more famous than pop sensation Justin Bieber. I just want to love people more. I just want to love Carl more. You're doing a good job with that. So, man. Justin, this is your second time at Hillsong Conference. Yes. And what's different this time about being here? Um, I just think my faith grows every day. Um, so my faith is stronger than two years ago. Better, stronger, wiser, kinder. The man Bieber is snuggling up to is Carl Lentz, then the head of Hillsong's New York chapter. For fresh fire in this room. I pray for fresh grace in this room, Lord. May people write songs. Hillsong's head office in Sydney had grand plans for New York. As the saying goes, if you can make it there, you'll make it anywhere. New York, they were meeting at like a nightclub. I think that Hillsong, New York City, like, um, fed off that energy, right? Like, we're different. We're so cool. We're so edgy. You know, nobody else has church in a club. And that was really talked about a lot. You know what I mean? Prayer meets party. Right, exactly. <laughs> Megan Fallon started attending Hillsong, New York in 2011. What's he saying? You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig then sure, you, you will grow, but you'll also burn people out. But she soon realized this was a church where leaders had a rock star-like reputation and the spending habits to match. As nanny for one of the senior pastor's families, she saw firsthand how donations to the church made in good faith by members were then blown on corporate credit cards. It was constantly going out to dinner, nice lunches, breakfast, anything. So like if me and you went out right now and got dinner and we talked about church once, we could expense that on the church card, right? So, I mean, you were being paid a pittance. How galling was it to then see all these church leaders who, you know, were dripping in designer brands and going out and living the high life? 
Yeah, I mean, it really, um, it really hurt. And I actually like, so I got paid like, it comes out to about $4, but that's on the high end of some of the nannies that worked for the pastors. Like some of my friends are like, wow, you're, you're hitting big. And so um, it's really terrible. We're so I think what she's alluding, alluding to here is that, so it seems that this lady here was working uh, as a nanny for uh, some of the pastors and she got paid four dollars an hour so wow that's uh, um, in my experience now uh, the podcast i was a teenage fundamentalist uh they grew up in the aog environment i didn't uh, in my experience i will say that the the fundamentalist church i was in they like they expected everyone everyone to be volunteers so even the pastors um, even the pastors work full-time jobs or at least part-time jobs to help support themselves as they, uh, uh, I think the only person who draws a wage is actually the head, like basically uh, national level and above. But yeah, like your local church pastors uh, will work jobs and also their wives will work jobs in order to both support the family and help support the church. And of course, you know, if you give money to the church, that's that's uh, that's a you know, a bonus there as well. But it's just the uh, yeah, you're uh, so yeah. In this, it looks like in this uh, celebrity. Well, I shouldn't say celebrity, but more the uh, the exploitative environment where uh, yeah, you're expected to work hard, but <laughs> every. It, you're expected to work hard, but the higher ups who are toiling for the Lord, they they deserve the blessings they get. Great. Like scrubbing their toilets and taking care of their kids when they're out, you know, um, it was hard. Megan says there was a clear delineation between the Hillsong elite who hung out with celebrity friends mm -hmm. and the everyday members like her, who she believes were exploited. Correct. Celebrity was like built into the culture there. You know, Justin Bieber or Selena Gomez or, you know, basketball players, like it was in the culture. A church is a place of worship. It sounds like the leaders there at Hillsong worshiped celebrity. Yeah, at first it's exciting and, you know, really cool. It's this thing that you buy into. And then when you look at it on the outside, it's like, wow, it's like actually really ridiculous. And this is one of the things about the corporate, about corporate culture anywhere is that, uh, yeah. It's a bit like those, it kind of reminds me of those uh, workplaces that have like, you know, ping pong tables and pool tables and all, all that kind of stuff. It's, it looks good, but then once you kind of look behind the, look behind the veneer, um, what was the old saying that the more, the more a company hypes up its culture, the more lousy that culture turns out to be. After seeing the inner workings of Hillsong, Megan says she and several others raised concerns about the culture to church leaders, but they were quickly dismissed. What a surprise. So in 2014, she quit. I believe the Holy Spirit can do that. Come on, somebody. 
But the rot continued to set in for years under the watch of Carl Lentz, the leader of Hillsong, New York. That was until late last year when mm -hmm. scandal engulfed the church with allegations some male leaders were having inappropriate sexual relations with young female members. What a surprise. And other reports of extramarital affairs. What a surprise. He said, among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a... <sighs> yep. Knowing what we know now, yeah. He was one of the country's best-known pastors, but this Thanksgiving, instead of healing a congregation, Carl Lenz is working on damage control. Lenz was sacked by Hillsong for what it described as moral failings, as he admitted to cheating on his wife, with his mistress going public. When you give somebody so much power, they become God to people. That's actually very true. And I think people forgot the, the concept of religion and beliefs. Not bad. And I think that people look at Carl like he's got to them. After Carl Lentz was fired, Hillsong opened an investigation into the culture of its New York church. I can only imagine how independent that uh, investigation would be, it's, uh, given, given Hillsong's track record. And this is the thing I notice about modern churches as well, is that it's the cult of personality. So I remember in my in my fundy churches, the only pastor I can remember who got fired was one who had a habit of thinking for himself, who wasn't afraid to go against the grain. But I do remember that when the visiting pastors from the overseas or from the head office from the big church in Thailand, when they came over, it's like, oh my God, it's this particular pastor. Oh my God, we have to, I want to say worship his feet, but we have to treat him with all this reverence and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, it turned out that these people were doing the kind of things that they accuse atheists of doing in private, wouldn't you know? But a number of its current and former members say it's just another PR exercise. For so long, myself and so many other people were meant to feel like we were the problem, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for this to come out, it kind of was like, wow, like we, we weren't the problem. The feeling of vindication is awesome. Having something so life shattering and so something that hits you so deep in your psyche to either not be believed or to be dismissed and then to find out later that you were right all along. That is the probably the second best feeling to love. How would you sum up the, the culture within the church at Hillsong in New York? Um, I mean, when I was there, toxic, you know, Hillsong Sydney, Hillsong Australia definitely fueled that flame. Yep. And this is what I'm talking about is that Hillsong are good at exporting this this veneer of protection and safety and acceptance and comfort. But when something goes wrong, you're on your own. That flame. Carl Lentz was totally Brian Houston's golden boy. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody once told me something that is it was very simple, but has stuck with me for many years. They said, the higher you go up in church leadership, the less likely you are to encounter Jesus. <laughs> Oh boy, you, Boz, you are so right. You are so right. And I have to tell you, with great sadness, that's been my experience in the work I've done for the past 30 years. Wow. And something has to change. 
Bostovigian has spent his career holding many church leaders accountable in a court of law. He says when it comes to Hillsong's head honchos, both in Australia and abroad, some deep soul searching is required. We've created a celebrity culture in the church. Pastors have become rock stars. Mm -hmm. Pastors oftentimes live in these big churches, live better than most of the people in their congregation. Yep. And you create that culture inside of a church that ultimately results in that pastor and those leaders becoming less and less accountable as they become more and more insulated. Mm -hmm. And that creates problems. Do you believe that there is a, a genuine desire within Hillsong to, to get its act together? I'm going to say no. Only if their feet are held to the fire. Uh, and I think a lot will a lot of it will come uh, from this court case that Brian Houston is facing currently. If he is found guilty, then the only right thing to do is for him to step down completely from the uh, Assemblies of God slash Australian Christian churches. But if if AOG slash ACC hold on to him and protect him and venerate him, I think everyone in the AOG should walk away. I can tell you this, that you cannot begin looking at the future and planning for the future until you've properly addressed the past. If you love Jesus, then my goodness, start acting like him in the most important moments of life. And that is when you are approached by the hurting and wounded, stop everything you're doing and reach out and expend yourself for them. Isn't that what Jesus did over and over again? That's what the church should look like. And unfortunately, that's hard to find these days. Hillsong rejected our request for an interview. <coughs> yep. But let me guess, they put out a press release. We put several written questions to the church and it issued a statement declaring our investigation was gutter journalism, adding Hillsong Church takes any claim of assault extremely seriously and we allocate significant resources so that all can attend our services and events in a safe environment. But the problem was that these assaults didn't happen in their services or their events. One from what I can work out happened at a, at a dinner and another one happened after a Bible study. So it didn't happen at the services. Oh my God. But that's in stark contrast to the experiences of former Hillsong member Catherine, who's still trying to put her life back together following her time with the Australian megachurch. What do you think of Hillsong these days? Hate is a very strong word, but it's the word that I would use. I, I hate Hillsong Church. It is not a safe place. I would discourage anyone and everyone from going there because it's not safe whether you're a young person, whether you're an adult, whoever you are, it's not safe. So I get what she's saying. And yeah, the problem is that you can say that you're committed to safety as much as you want. But if you're not actively weeding out perpetrators, if you're not there showing solidarity with the victims, then yeah, as I said, like to be kicked out of Hillsong, you have to engage in consensual sexual activity. But if you want to be promoted or stay in your job, sexually assault someone. That seems to be the message that you get out of Hillsong from this report. 